Thank you for joining us for the Change Lives, Changing Lives radio broadcast, a ministry of New Day Christian Church. And remember, if you are ever in our area, please stop by. We'll make you feel right at home. Now, let's join Pastor George Logan for today's message. Matthew 9 and 27. And remember, just as, you're, as uh, you know, the Spirit of God reminded me earlier this week, you know, to, to broaden, uh, allow the Holy Spirit to broaden uh, the people, the people that, uh, that uh, I include in, in my prayer time to consider uh, more people. And just the Holy Spirit, uh, give me some, some people and, and things uh, to pray for. And I think you should do the same. You know, it's important that we pray. Everybody know that. It's important that we pray. We are, we are the only ones that can get God down to earth. We're the only. He comes through the vehicle of prayer. And, um, and we're the ones that make that happen. All right. Matthew chapter 9, verses uh, 27 says, When Jesus departed from there, two blind men followed him, crying out and saying, Son of David, have mercy on us. And when he had come into the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? And they said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, let it be to you. And their eyes were opened, and Jesus sternly warned them, saying, See that no one knows it. But when they had departed, they spread the news about him in all that country. Now, we're talking about the power of faith, and we're using this as a foundational scripture, Matthew 9 and verse 27 through 31, and especially within that passage of scripture, it says, according to your faith, or um, the extension of your faith, or how your faith flows out of you, uh, be it unto you. According to your faith, be it unto you. And that's really how it is all of our lives, it's according to our faith. According to our faith. And, and so today we're going to talk about kinds of faith, and as in all kinds of faith. So it's according to our faith, uh, be it unto you. And there's multiple kinds of faith. Um, and we'll get into those a little bit more in just a, a few minutes. But it's important for us to know what kind of faith that I, do I have. Uh, because if you don't know what kind of faith that you have, then you won't know what your faith can actually receive. And so many times when we talk about um, we're in the faith community, if we're really, we mean we're, we're, we're Christians uh, primarily or, or we may be, or some may be of other different religions. That's when we say we're of the faith community. But you know that everyone in the world operates by faith. Everyone operates by some kind of faith. Not everyone operates on the same kind of faith, but everyone operates in some kind of faith. And we need to kind of know what that faith is. And that's what we're going to talk about uh, in these next few days. When you all came into this building today and you came and you had a seat, uh, came through those front doors and you sat down, uh, you operated in a level of faith, didn't you? What level of faith did you operate when you, when you, uh, when you went and you sat down. Did any of you check to make sure the seat was there? No, no, I, I, don't, th I don't think anyone did. I don't, I don't remember seeing anyone do this number here. Is it, is it back there or not? Uh, no, you just kind of 
sat down. Just kind of sat down. Well, what kind of faith is that? That's, that's faith in multiple kinds. It's number one, I see chairs in here, right? It would been different if y'all had to did this and there's no visible chairs. And my wife comes in and, and she just comes and sits where she normally sits right there. And, and just no chairs, no, no visible chairs. And she just kind of... That would have been different, wouldn't it, though? But, but you all use several different things. You use, you use sense, right? You saw the chairs, right? And, and you used experience, didn't you? When you went down, you had experience going down. Like, I know how fast I can go down. I know how, if I go too fast. All those things are kinds of faith. And so we have all kinds of faith. And so before I get into that, get a little ahead of myself, um, I want to go back over what we said, uh, what we said non-technical about faith, and we looked at several different stories of the blind men. And so, uh, when we say, when we talk about the the, uh, the faith, um, I mean, um, what faith is? I said last week, faith is it's the great equalizer. Remember, it it allows us uh, to be uh, equal uh, in access uh, to anyone else that is out there who has a particular thing, but we're getting it in a different way. We're getting it from the kingdom of God. So it's the great equalizer. We said it defeats victimization and eliminates excuses. If we're going to say all things are possible to those who believe, then we cannot, uh, on top of that, say, well, uh, I got an excuse for being a failure. Uh, You know, they won't let me get ahead. That's not acceptable anymore, is it? Not Not if we're saying... All things are possible to those who believe. Um, Number three, the answer for all who are considered the underdogs, those who are considered, um, have have been in society considered uh, the losers, the underdogs. Um, There's an answer to that now. The Bible tells us that, that Jesus came, and when he came, he preached the gospel to the destitute. In other words, uh, he said, the kingdom of God, uh, blessed are those who are destitute or the big zeros because now they have access to the kingdom of God, which they didn't have before. And number five, they, um, they often, uh, or, or number four, it changes our perspective on an outlook on what we can and cannot do. Changes our perspective. Faith changes our perspective on what we can and cannot do. It's kind of like money. Um, a person with $50 in their pocket versus a person with uh, $1,000 in their pocket look at things differently, don't they? And when you go to the grocery store and you got $50 in your pocket, uh, you might go down a line that somebody with $1,000 in their pocket might not have to go down. You, you, you might be able to get stuff from the top shelf when somebody else is getting it from the bottom shelf, right? <laughs> they tell me that the, uh, the top shelf uh, is... I think it's more expensive. Is the top shelf more expensive? I can't remember. But anyway, your perspective changes when you uh, when you have when you're looking when you have money in your pocket. It changes. You you look differently at life. When you have faith, you look differently at life. When you have faith, your perspective changes. When you have faith, your scope is a lot wider than it would be had you did not have faith. And number, number five, faith is the conduit along which what Jesus is able to bring is channeled to a specific point of need. So 
faith allows uh, God to address a particular need right where that need is. Now, we're going to get into some distinctions of faith, some kinds of faith right now. So listen to this right here, and this will help you out big time uh, if, you, if you can hear it, um, to determine what kind of faith or what your faith is in. Faith, listen to this, faith is anything we have enough confidence in that it moves us to action. Faith is anything we have enough confidence in that moves us to action. That's a very simple definition of faith. But faith is very obvious amongst me. We can look at people. Jesus said it like this. He says when he saw their faith, there was a, a group of men who uh, let, uh, let their friends down on, on a roof through the, through the roof uh, of a house down to where Jesus could heal him. And Jesus said he saw their faith. What did he see? He saw their belief in action. He saw what they were believing in action. That is, that is uh, uh, what faith is. Faith is our belief in action. It's our belief in motion. So we, know, so we know by that that there are multiple kinds of faith. And we know that faith is when we see what people are doing or what people are not doing. You can't fake it. You can't fake if you've got faith or not in a particular thing. For instance, uh, some people have faith in themselves. Right? So, some people have, I mean, they just believe, I don't care what it is, uh, that they, they can do it. I mean, they just have faith in themselves. Now, now there's obviously limitations to having faith in yourself, right? Because we know that you can't really do everything in and of yourself. So, so there, there is in that uh, a, a level of faith in oneself. Faith in ourselves is confidence in oneself. We see it many times on the football field or the basketball court uh, in professional sports or even at, uh, at our local level. We see one kid out there or one professional athlete and, you know, uh, come, come at the end of the game, they, they know, give me the ball. I, I'm going to make something happen. They have faith in themselves. All right. There's also faith in in uh, a different uh, religion, uh, organizations. Uh, you can have faith in your church, right? People, some people have faith in their church, not not in the Word of God necessarily, but they have faith in their church. In other words, their church moves them to action. Their church causes them to act a certain way. Faith in medicine, faith in science, faith in uh, uh, surgical science. Faith in good works, faith in, in giving, faith in repentance, faith in experiences, felt, heard, and seen, uh, better known as sense knowledge evidence. So people have faith in certain things, and that faith moves them. Like, for instance, all of us uh, in this room right now are, are wearing masks. Why? You know, for, I, I, for me, it's a couple of reasons that we're wearing masks, but, but the one reason we're wearing masks is because the, the science told us that it would be better if we wore masks. That less germs are, are spreading out if we wear masks. That, that's the science behind it, okay? For me, there's a couple of reasons why. Because I, I really and honestly um, don't believe that I'm going to get it. I'll be honest with you. I, I just don't because I've been confessing God's word. I, I believe the word of God. I believe the blood of Jesus covers me. I believe that word. However, at the same time, uh, I realize that not everybody is believing that. Not everyone is, is, has that same belief. 
And because they don't, I want to be mindful of the Word of God says, do not cause another brother or sister to stumble. So I don't want my actions to cause a brother or a sister to stumble. Regardless as to what I'm believing, I don't want them to stumble when I go over to Walmart and they see me without one, even though there's 100,000 over there without one. I, I don't want them to stumble if they see me without one. You know, I, I don't want to be in that. But I'm, I, I want you to understand, I'm not moving with the herd. I'm not doing it or doing it because of I see everybody else doing or I see others not. And I'm not doing it as an objection to of the government. I'm not doing it for that reason, okay? Because if you're not doing it because of what the Word of God says, it really doesn't really matter. You know why? Because you could be doing it in objection to, um, to like, you know, nobody's going to, you know, and, and here in the South, our mantra is that nobody's going to tell me what to do. Now, if you make a suggestion that I do it, ask maybe if I could help along with the cause and do it, I might consider it. You know, that's a mindset, okay? So I'm not doing it because of that. I, I'm, doing, I'm not doing it or, or doing it or not doing it because of what I feel other people are going to think about me or, or, or anything. Like, I'm doing it for two reasons. One, if I, in, in, in the public setting, because I want to be mindful of other people. I want to be mindful of other people. But in my heart, in my heart of heart, the Lord is my refuge and my fortress. The Lord has made it so that no plague shall come near my dwelling place. And that's what I'm living by. I'm living by that reality and not whether I should or should not wear the mask. That, that shouldn't play in it other than I'm doing it because I want to be a blessing to other people. I was with my parents yesterday, and uh, we, I did some work up there, and, uh, um, and, and I were in the house. I wore my mask the whole time, ju- just because I knew they would be more comfortable with me wearing the mask. Now, are they unbelievers? No, they're not unbelievers. Uh, but I was meeting them at their level of faith, where they believe they're at, and I'm, I'm cool with that, and God is too, and we're going to see it in Scripture. So, but, but what we need to find out is what's driving? What, is, what do we have our confidence in? And I'm, I'm here to tell you that most, most Christians even are operating on a different faith other than the faith in the Word of God. They're, they're operating, many are operating in sense, knowledge, faith. In other words, I believe it if I feel it. I believe it if I see it. You know, I didn't get nothing out of church today because I didn't feel it. I, I just didn't feel it. What do you, what do you need to feel? What, do you, what, do you, what is it that you're trying to feel? What, 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 is it, what are you supposed to feel? And, and until we get that straight, until we get the, an understanding that church and going to church is not uh, for the purposes of getting and maintaining an emotional feeling. It's not that. That, that God is now communicating to us in a much different way than he did even prior to. So let's look at some things here. Uh, if you get this, you're going to be a long ways uh, in your journey. So listen, um, we have, <clears throat> this, this is a quote from E.W. Kenyon. We have seen in this type of faith 
that sense knowledge and sense evidence hold the place that the Word of God should. We have seen in this type of faith that sense knowledge and sense evidence hold the place that the Word of God should hold. God's Word must be to us what Jesus was to those who saw him. That's my part of that. God's word must be to us what Jesus was to those who saw him, those who touched him or were touched by him, and those who heard him. And we'll see that a little, we'll bear that out a little more in scripture in a, in a little while. But, but the word of God has to be to us what Jesus was to the people when he walked upon the earth. The word of God must be to us what Jesus was to the people that were up close and personal with Jesus, people that Jesus touched, people that Jesus uh, spoke to. The word of God must be that to us. Well, y'all looking at me just like the early service did. Like deer in headlight. Like, what, 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 hold up. Whoop. Wait a minute. What are, you, what are you talking about? Well, we'll see in just a minute. All right, hang on to your seats. Number three, in Revelation faith, the word holds the first place. It is not dependent upon physical evidence. Everybody say not dependent upon physical evidence. Revelation faith believes that no word from God is void of power and rests in quiet confidence in what God has stated. Again, that's another quote. From uh, E.W. Kenyon. He said, Revelation faith is, 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 uh, holds the first place. It is not dependent on physical evidence. So what are we saying here? Is that, that well, let me get to the, to the uh, next. Let me get to this. The gospel, that means Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, shows the intersection of, of sense knowledge faith and sense evidence and revelation faith. So we're trying to get over to revelation faith. Prior to, this is number five, prior to the new birth, everyone had to use their five senses to step out in faith because no one's spirit was alive to God. Everyone had to use their five senses in order to have confidence in what was being said. Everyone. How do we know that? We know that because no one's spirit was alive to God. God couldn't speak to the spirit of man. The reason he couldn't speak to the spirit of man because we were cut off from God. Every spirit was cut off from God. No one could hear in their spirit what God was saying. And because they couldn't hear what God was saying, God had to use their senses to get them to move. God needed to use them, them. He had to show them something. He had to engage their five senses in order them to move and, and, and had to base it upon some experiences. And, and so he would oftentimes go back to what God did in the past uh, to give them evidence of what he would do for them then. But they had to use their senses. They had to use their five senses. Today, if we're really going to walk in strong faith, we've got to divorce ourselves from our senses. We can't use our senses anymore. Not if we're going to walk in strong faith. 
And there's a big, big difference, and this is really where the rubber meets the road for many believers, is that many of us want to access God, but we want to access God with a sign. We want to access God, show me something, God. I, I want to engage you with my ears. I want to engage you with my eyes. I want, I, I want to feel you. And God, like, I don't even function that way anymore. God doesn't do that anymore. So we have to learn to walk by faith having no physical evidence whatsoever to back while we're doing it. No goosebumps. No fleeces. No God show me a sign in the sky. No, I felt it today. No, 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 none of that. No, I don't care if you, you know, a lot of people get emotional and move nowhere. They get filled up and get really nothing. Because they're not hearing God on the inside. And so, yeah, they may have been entertained well in service. They may have felt good that day. They may have left here jumping and screaming and hollering, but nothing moves the needle, as it were, because the only thing that moves us into the God kind of faith is a revelation of God down on the inside. God, the Holy Spirit, Jesus, speaking and giving revelation, and we respond to that. Everybody heard the, the term evidence-based? Evidence-based, and there's nothing wrong with it. I'm not saying that as a bad thing. But basically, they go back and they look and say, well, we're going to do this because these evidences show us that it works. And so going forward, we're going to use this. And there's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. But you're not going to be a very strong Christian using that methodology. Because there's going to be times there is absolutely no evidence that tells you that that's what you need to do. Well, that's where you need to go. And well, that's how you need to do it. You know, well, we're going to use data. We're going to look at all of these things. Sight. Sense, knowledge, evidence. It makes sense because da 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 Well, what if you don't have none of those things? And yet God still says it. What if God says, I will supply all your need, or I am supplying all your need, and you look at your account and it says, Zero, 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 dot zero, zero. It's like I tell uh, uh, Dina and other people that work around here. I say, boy, I'm going to add another zero to that check. Another zero. I'm, I'm, I'm running out of zeros. I've been giving them so many zeros. But if we're going to walk in faith, we literally cannot base where we are with God on our feelings. We can't base whether or not we have it, whether or not we're the righteousness of God, whether or not I'm healed, whether or not I'm financially supplied, whether or not my children are saved or not saved, because they're going to give you a lot of evidences that look the contrary to what you're believing. But you've got to side with the Word of God. You can't side with what you see. In order to walk by real Bible faith, you can't, can't go with your senses. You got to divorce yourself from them. And that's so important. That's why many of us never really get into where God wants us to go is because we are so prone to base things upon what we see and how we see them. And is it okay? Is it all okay? Well, look at the news. The news should never be your indicator as to whether or not things are going all right or not. It should be what God is saying to us on the inside in our spirit. So listen to this. And I need you to really, really listen and really, really pay attention because if you do... You'll move yourself forward quickly. 
So remember, prior to the new birth, there's no, there's, there was no one that did not uh, entreat God by their senses. All right? And they were moved into faith. You know, you can, you can have faith. You can have faith in just having done something long enough that you have confidence in that area, that you feel like I can just do this thing. And, and so there's all kinds of things that are based upon something other than the Word of God. Now, look at, look at uh, someone in the Old Testament, a familiar character that we all know, and, and he's quoted also in the New Testament as well. But uh, I want you to understand this person that we're about to look at, was he, everything he did was based upon sense knowledge evidence. His faith was based on his senses, and it moved him. But we can't use that same way today. Look at um, Genesis chapter 1, excuse me, Genesis chapter 12, and verse 1. You know, uh, I, I, I really, really... Um, I'm concerned from, from a, not from a, like a burden concern, but a concern from a, uh, it, it seems to be going in this direction, is that many people are, are not, many people have turned our faith our faith, that is the word of God, into uh, entertainment. And, and I'm not just talking about in the past, but even now that there's an entertainment value that, that strokes our, our flesh so much so that, that, that that's, it just feels good. And that, there's nothing wrong with that uh, from the standpoint of understanding that, that, that there is that, that element. But what I'm saying is this. Is that anything apart from the word of God that I need to move by faith is not good. And sometimes it seems as though we need a whole lot of other trappings in order to move instead of just listening to the word. So here's, here's the first person, Abram, Abraham. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 says, The Lord had said to Abram, Leave your native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families of earth will be blessed through you. So Abram departed as the Lord had instructed, and Lot with, went with him, and Abram was 75 years old when he left Haran. Now, I said that he worked, operated in sense knowledge evidence. What was that sense knowledge evidence that Abraham, or Abram at this time, uh, what, what, what was the sense knowledge? What did he have that we don't have today that is not, that we, we, we can't have like he had it then? What was his sense knowledge evidence? It was the voice of God. He used his what? He heard. He heard God. He heard God. Like you're hearing me right now? He heard God. And God said to him, 
The Lord has said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives, your father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. And I will make unto you a great nation. I mean, I don't know if it sounded like that or not. But that's how he, he moved forward. In other words, he had evidence through his ear gates, right? He, he heard. He heard God say, have any of you ever heard God say audibly like that? I, well, I, I'll just put it this way. I have never heard God speak to me like I'm speaking to you in that kind of voice. Now, if you ask me, would I like to have heard God say that? Would I, would I like to hear God say in an audible voice? You better believe it. As a matter of fact, I wish he would just read the Bible to me every day. You know? All right, George, today we're going to go over um, Matthew chapter 5. And this is the voice of God. And, and here's, here's what I want you to take away from it. No, he doesn't speak to me that way, and, and, and for most of us, he doesn't speak to us that way because he doesn't need to anymore. As a matter of fact, um, if, if that's the only way we can hear from God, really, we are, uh, we are, are in an in a inferior position if we always have to entertain him through our eye gates and our ear gates. God is moving us to something far bigger and different and that's to hear him on the inside, get a revelation from the inside. Does that make sense? So Abraham did move, and Abraham was walking in faith, but he was walking in sense, knowledge, faith. Even though it may not have made a knowledge sense for him to leave his family and go to Haran, he still was using his ears to hear. What am I saying to us? Is that that's not the way God is going to do us today. All right, let's look at some other things. The bears it out even more about Abraham. Genesis chapter uh, 15 and verse 1. Sometime later, the Lord spoke to Abram in a vision and said to him, Do not be afraid, Abram, for I will protect you, and your reward will be great. What did he use? eyes and his ears, right? This and this. He, he heard God and saw a vision, right? Everybody with me? Heard and saw. He used his senses. Sometime later, the Lord spoke to Abram in a vision and, and, he, and he said to him, do not be afraid, Abram. I will protect you and your reward will be great. Now, now, wouldn't it be nice? Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it would, how many of you all are waiting for that? Waiting for God to speak audibly and give you a vision. Because if you are, you'll be waiting for some time. And that is precisely why many are not moving forward by faith. It's because they're waiting for something to tickle their senses. And God is not going to tickle our senses. Now listen to this. Then the Lord said to him, and this bears it out even more, No, your servant will not be your heir, for you will have a son for your own 
for your own will be your heir. Then the Lord took Abram outside and said to him, look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. Uh-oh. What did he use? His eyes. He saw something, right? He was, giving, he was trying to move him out in faith. That's how many descendants you will have. And Abram believed the Lord, and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. Then the Lord told him, I am the Lord who brought you out of Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land as your possession. But Abram replied, O sovereign Lord, how can I be sure that I will actually possess it? Listen. Listen. Oh, but Abram replied, O sovereign Lord, how can I be sure that I will actually possess it? What was, what was Abraham doing? He was asking for proof, wasn't he? Exactly. He was saying, sh- sh- give me some proof. I- I'm about to do something. I'm about to, I'm about to risk my family, my well-being, on your word. You're going to give, give me a little more than just, just, just speaking to me and giving me a vision. Show me something that I can relate to. And what he could relate to was a covenant. He could relate to the splitting of animals and the blood. And that was giving him confidence to move forward. Oh, sovereign Lord, how can I be sure that you will actually possess it? The Lord told him, bring me a three-year-old heifer, a three-year-old female goat, a three-year-old ram, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. So Abram presented all these to him and killed them. Then he cut each animal down the middle and laid the halves side by side and did not, however, cut the birds in half. Some vultures swooped down to eat the carcasses, but Abram chased them away. Now, this absolutely makes no sense to you if you don't know the customs of that time and how they would make covenant. And this is what they were doing. They were making covenant to show, you know what? This is how you know that I'm telling you the truth. And as the sun was going down, Abram fell into a deep sleep, and terrifying darkness came down over him. Then the Lord said to Abram, you can be sure that your descendants will be strangers in a foreign land there will be, where they will be oppressed as slaves for 400 years. But I will punish the nation that enslaves them, and in the, the end they will come away with great wealth. As for you, you will die in peace and be buried at a ripe old age. After four generations, your descendants will return here to this land, for the sins of the Amorites do not yet warrant their destruction. After the sun went down and the darkness fell, Abram saw, Abram what? Abram saw a smoking fire pot and a flaming torch passed between the halves of the carcasses. So the Lord made a covenant with Abram that day and said, I have given this land to your descendants all the way from the border of Egypt to the Euphrates River and so on and so forth. Now, now again, the case we're making here is that before they were alive to Christ, God used their senses. God used their senses. That's why in the Old Testament, it's just a lot more adventurous and you know, you get all these wonderful stories and, you know, God and, and uh, these things that took place that showed that God was actively involved. But in the New Testament, especially when you get over to Paul's writing, it's just believe God, believe his word. Walk by faith, not by sight. What is walk by faith, not by sight? 
It means walk by the word of God and not by any senses. See, right now today, if many of us feel a pain in our bodies, we immediately say, I am sick, or I am hurting, or I am this, or I am that. And it may be true that you are feeling a pain in your body. It may be true that you have a doctor's report that is wrong, but that's all sense knowledge, isn't it? And so the Word of God, though, will tell you something very different than that. Now, if it only stuck right up in your mind, which meant for many people that's all it is, it's like I can, I, can, I can be a parakeet. You know, the parakeet absolutely knows nothing about what he's saying. Polyvonal cracker. He doesn't, he doesn't really know what he's saying. It's not alive to him. He's just saying it. Many Christians are just saying it. It's not really going anywhere. It's just right here. And it doesn't move them to actions. They have no confidence in it. And, and because we won't believe it until we actually see it or feel it or have something that tells us that that's, that's the truth of it or have someone pray for us, having, not having faith in our own faith, but having faith in other people's faith. And we need somebody else to, to and nothing wrong with those things, but God wants us to move to a point where we believe his word. You, you said it, you, you, you said it in your word. You, you said it, God. You, you said it, and I don't need any other evidences. Will you have received something today because you feel good, or will you have received something today because you heard it and it went down on the spirit and you got a revelation of it? If feeling good, if making our senses feel well would have moved the, we should, what we should do is every Sunday we should do something that makes us all feel good. You don't need me. You don't need the word of God. You don't need me, nobody preaching. Let's just have a party. How many of you feel good when you go to a party? Sometimes I'm too good. Way too good. Like over the top good. I'm, I'm, but does it do anything for you? The devil doesn't mind if we entertain ourselves. The devil doesn't mind if we get stuck in our feelings. He doesn't care. Because he knows that that doesn't move anything. He doesn't want us to hear God speaking to us on the inside. See, until the voice of God is as real to you on the inside as the voice of Jesus was to the people walking in his time, until that happens, you're never going to really walk by faith and not by sight. If you go down a list of things and you say, well, you know, the word of God tells me that um, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Cast the whole of my cares and burdens upon the Lord, for he careth for me. Do I need to feel like he's got them? What's going to make me feel like he's got them? I heard someone just recently uh, say to me that... that uh, uh, you know, say that they, they, that the desire was to, to feel something, to feel something uh, when hearing the word of God. And, and let me just say that 
that, now we may get something, but we can't move out on, on those feelings. We got to have it, God having spoken to us down on the inside. Let's look at it one more thing here, I think. Look at Moses. And remember, you are not Moses. I am not Moses. Moses had an inferior way of walking by faith than we do today. Moses. One day, Moses, this is uh, Genesis, uh, Exodus chapter 3, verses 1. Listen to this. Let's see if we can see his sense, knowledge, evidence of him walking by faith. One day Moses was tending the flock and his father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock far into the wilderness and came into Sinai, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of the bush. This is an open book test now. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire in the middle of a bush. Moses stared into the amazement. Though, though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. It's amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go see it. And when the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses, here I am, Moses replied. Do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. When Moses heard this, when Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering, so I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. It is a land flowing with milk and honey, the land where the Canaanites, the Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Havites, and Jebusites now live. Look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me, and I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abused them. Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people, Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses protested to God, Who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? And God answered, I will be with you, and this is your sign that I am the one who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. As we close out this morning, this was the first part of it, and we didn't get to the latter part. But how many times did we? How many times did you see where God had done? What did He use to get to move to move Moses? Well, He started out with a what? Sight, man. He's like, what would you do if you went outside and a tree that's been in your front yard was burning, but it wasn't burning? Yeah, that was to lure him there with his senses, by his senses, right? Hey, Kim, that crepe murder that you said was dead, she said it was dead. I told her it wasn't dead. But anyway, that's a whole other story. That crepe myrtle out there, it's on fire. And we both run out there and looking, and we see that the... 
and we see that it's burning, but, but it's not being consumed. It still just looks the same way, but it's, it, it's in the midst of fire. And then God says, George, leave Morganton and go to Fiji and preach the gospel there. <laughs> well, baby, I believe that's God. <laughs> I believe that's the Lord right there, you know? And that's what Moses did. Moses went by sense, knowledge, evidence. God, God, that's the only way God could lead him. But God doesn't lead us that way anymore. God's going to speak to us in the Spirit, giving us a revelation to do something, to go somewhere, say something. But it won't be by these ears hearing it, by these eyes seeing it, by this flesh feeling it. It will be because God will give us and speak to us down on the inside. That's why we have to meditate upon the Word of God. Think about it and enumerate in it and consider it until God on the inside says something to each and every one of us so that you know that Jesus just did that for me. I got confidence he just did that for me. And that's what real Bible faith is. It has nothing to do with feelings. Boy, how I wish we could get out of feelings. Boy, how I wish we could all stop needing to feel something before we move, needing to have a, a, a confirmation or a sign or a burning bush or an audible voice that's not how God moves most often in our lives today. He can do something different because our spirit is alive to him. That's why he told, he told Peter, he says, flesh and blood has not revealed this. In other words, you didn't receive this by your senses. He says, this came by way of, 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 of a revelation. And that's what God wants in our lives. When you know that you know that you know that you know that you know down on the inside, that's when you start acting like it. That's when it becomes real to you. And so I want to leave you with this understanding. I'm assuming you all here, I'm assuming you're listening on television. My, my assumption is this, is that you want to grow. You cannot grow, you cannot mature as a believer until you dismiss or become divorced of your feelings and your need to be led by your feelings. God's words got to mean what it means to you, and that means that it must settle it in your spirit, that that is the truth no matter how I feel about it. No matter what I feel, no matter how I feel, no matter what it looks like, I believe the word of God, and that settles it. Now, that's the fight of faith right there. The fight of faith is not siding with your feelings, not siding with your emotions, not siding with all the rhetoric around you. But if it all we're doing is listening to more and more of the news, listening to more and more of the people around us, then, then that's what's going to be our confidence. Our confidence is going to be in that more than it's going to be in God's Word. You are right, not because you feel right. You are right because God's Word says you are. And I got to remind myself of that every day. I got to remind myself because I don't always feel right. <laughs> is anyone else with me? 
I don't wake up in the morning sometimes always feeling right. But I can always go back to the scripture and say what the word of God says about me. And that's why the I am's are so important. Going through that list of I am's every day or regular on a regular basis. So that you can constantly remind yourself, despite, despite your feelings, this is who I am. This is what I have. And this is what I can do. Based upon the word of God and let that revelation of it flow on the inside of you. Did you get something this morning? So, so, so you practice. I want you to go out today and say, you know what? I'm going to practice this. I'm going to, I'm going to practice not being led by my feelings. I'm going to practice not being led by my feelings. And there's so many ways of doing that. When you see something contrary to what you're believing, you speak contrary to what you see. Amen. You've been listening to the Change Lives, Changing Lives radio broadcast, a ministry of New Day Christian Church. Please visit us at our website at www.newdaycc.com. Again, that's www.newdaycc.com. If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, please tell others. And if you ever get the opportunity, please come visit us at New Day Christian Church.